0: Here's Lemieux, the center penalty coming up, look at the field, oh my goodness, what a goal, what a move, Lemieux, oh
1: baby. There's a mistake and a throw, a puck by Bridget, a taser from Jonathan James, his first
0: Hello, hockey fans, and how are you? Happy New Year. It's 2022. Uh, You know, Larry David uh, says you can't wish people a happy new year after the 7th of January. But we're doing it. This is Talking Hockey, the hockey talking show. I'm co-host Tom. I've got with me, as always, co-host Randy. Looks like he just finished carb loading. Uh, Randy, what's, uh, what's keeping you fed and ready to hit the ice over there?
2: Uh, You You want the noodles? uh, Just about three cans of uh, ravioli, actually. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Put them all in one big bowl and go to town.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's important to uh, carb load before you get out on the ice. And then, you know, then you got lots of energy to burn. Um, Of course, you want to make sure you're eating uh, well in advance so that you don't get weighed down out there. That's always my problem. I'm always rushing when I got to go play hockey. And then I like eat a giant burrito or something before I, <laughs> right before I got to hit the ice <laughs> and eh, not great results, but, uh, that's the way she goes. Uh, do you have a favorite sort of pre game day meal? If you, you know, want to call it that.
2: Um, yeah, you honestly, you can't go wrong with spaghetti. Like mm-hmm. it does, it does the deal. It does the trick. It gives you what you need. Um, uh, especially if it, you know, if you're a little closer to game time, like it, it's, it's all about timing, right? So I find if I eat four hours before the game, then I need like, I need a peanut butter sandwich, you know, or something right before game time, or yeah. uh, maybe like a couple granola bars or something. But if you find that sweet spot, um, you know, two and a half to three hours before the game, I, I find spaghetti. You know with That's a meat a... sauce or something tends to work quite well rice i like rice i find rice and chicken yeah. or something i don't know yeah pizza works sometimes too
0: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like all these things are like in my head i know that there's like foods that are probably ideal to eat and then it's like i'll have a bowl of soup and i'm like god that was, yeah. that was a poor choice <laughs> i could feel the hotness uh, sloshing around inside me as i try to escape but you know, another thing I don't really get is, and I see people doing it sometimes, especially for the late games, you know, they come into the rink with a cup of coffee. Uh, I could never drink coffee before a game. i was just, it would be too hot inside of me.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe a shot of espresso or something. I know I've yeah. done the coffee thing, uh, yeah. but I don't know. I find that you get, you kind of burn out, don't you? A little bit. Yeah, like, probably. Yeah. Unless you could have a shot of coffee in the intermission, which we don't have intermissions. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's, just it's a tough call, but eventually. everyone's got their own, you know, sometimes yeah. even a beer before the game doesn't hurt just to kind of loosen you up a little bit, you know? Like, true, uh, true. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah.
0: it helps get some carbs in there. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's carbs. That's right. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Well, this is talking hockey, the hockey talking show. It's, uh, episode eight of our, uh, fourth season here. Um, you're listening to us on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg. And of course, uh, you can grab the podcast anywhere on the internet that podcasts are served, um, make sure you hit subscribe, you know, and then you'll never miss an episode. So, um, but, uh, season eight or sorry, episode eight, we're going to call this one episode sea bass, AKA the cam Neely, a very famous number eight. Who skated uh, for the Boston Bruins mostly? He did spend, he was drafted and spent three years playing for Vancouver. They traded him to Boston for a guy named Barry Pedersen, as well as a draft pick to Boston. Boston used that draft pick to pick defenseman Glenn Wesley. So there's two guys who, well, uh, Neely's for sure in the Hall of Fame is Glenn Wesley. I'm not sure, but he's, he's like a legendary defenseman, you know, (laughs) like, and Barry Pedersen, I don't know. What did he, where is he?
2: Yeah. (laughs) He might run a skate sharpening shop somewhere, but, uh, or he might've went on to bigger and better things that we're not aware of, but,
0: uh, yeah, I'd have to do a deep dive there, but let's, uh, regardless, I think, or needless to say, um, Boston got the better of that deal. So, um, Yeah, uh, Neely played for the Bruins and wore number eight for the Bruins between 86-87 and uh, 95-96 when he had to call it a day because of a uh, degenerative hip uh, injury, I guess. Um, One of those guys, I think he was only 30 years old when he had to retire. And, uh, you know... He was, yeah. Kind of one of those, like, too bad things, like, where... You just wonder, like, how many goals could he have probably put in the net if he didn't have this issue? Because he also had like banged up knees uh, or or knee. I think Ulf Samuelson maybe helped him. I remember a, that. A yeah, I remember knee, that game.
2: Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. So, um, but I mean, in, in his last three seasons, he only played 42, 49 games, you know, like half the season, basically. And, you know, he scored in his third last, he scored 50 goals in 49 games. It wasn't like the Gretzky sort of like the first 49 games of the season. It was that 49 across the whole season, but still he scored 50 goals in that. So it's kind of an unofficial 50 and 50, if you will.
2: Well, yeah. Also like the second last year of his career was a lockout or a half a shortened season. Right. So he scored 27 and 42. So if that was a full season that's pretty much 50 uh and then yeah the the last season 26 and 49 uh if he would have played a full season there he would have been close to 50 and that that would put him close to uh he had 395 so call that four he would have had 500 goals probably
0: yeah 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 a career cut short by injury for sure um But he was, you know, like a big part of that Boston team through the 80s and 90s. They went to the finals and lost against Edmonton in 88, I believe it was. And he was, you know, a big part of that team for sure. Um, He was a uh, four-time All-Star. He won the Masterton Trophy, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Never got a cup, but uh, that is the way she goes, I suppose. But he's definitely like one of the better goal scorers and power forward listed at six, one, two 20 or something like that. And, you know, kind of that prototypical power forward. And he was a tough customer Um, kick his ass, sea bass, you know, that was (laughs) he,
2: he probably, he would have been on the Bruins staff though for winning the cup uh, against the Canucks, I would think though. Right. Like he was in the office somewhere.
0: Yeah, I think he probably did kind of work in the um, in the front office, you know, doing something. I I I won't lie; I don't know what he does these days. Actually, I w- I just looked it up. He serves currently, uh, according to our pals down at Wikipedia. He currently serves as the president of the Boston Bruins. Okay, so I guess yeah. He, if depending how long he's been in that job. He's probably been around the organization uh, and was part of their 2011 Stanley Cup. Um, So, you know, but, you know, famously off the ice, he did star. Well, I wouldn't say star, but he had a little little role in Dumb and Dumber um, as the guy in the diner who uh, kicked jim carrey's ass basically <laughs> yeah. for throwing he, salt over his shoulder or something like that well you?
2: he charges like the drinks to their table you remember he's like pointing to them and he's he thinks that he's getting free drinks but then jim carrey's like no charge it to that guy over there or whatever yeah. but yeah i remember watching that movie for the first time and you know thinking it's like oh wow it's, why, is, why is cam neely in this movie
0: yeah i didn't i didn't mm-hmm. realize is cam neely until much later um yeah, I don't. I didn't have an eye for that kind of thing, I guess. But, uh, yeah, he pals around, I guess, with uh, or did with uh Dennis Leary, famous Boston guy, and he was uh, he played he had a uh, appearance on Leary Dennis Leary's show Rescue Me, uh, as a as a hockey playing firefighter. So, you know, he's he's had some screen time. old Cam, um, and he's pals with uh, Larry Walker. They're both from uh, BC. Larry Walker, the former Expo. And who else did Larry Walker play for? Cardinals, maybe? Larry Walker? Yeah.
2: Didn't he play for Colorado Rockies?
0: Colorado? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, That guy could hit dingers.
2: I'm seeing uh, a few pictures here of Cam Neely with the Stanley Cup wearing a suit, and he was on the ice after the game. So he had some sort of role to earn himself his name on the Cup, I believe
0: nice um yeah <laughs> speaking of pictures of cam neely we'll post this one to the instagram but listeners do yourself a favor and google image search cam neely um i don't know like uh, press shot it's um him in like little tiny shorts and he's <laughs> got a nice little mullet going on so that's something to to please the palate for sure. But anyway, on let's let's move on here. On this episode of Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, we wanted to sort of do a past, present, and future kind of thing, as it is our first show of the new year. And we haven't we haven't been on since the middle of December, essentially. Um, you know, took an extended holidays break. So away she goes. Um so, Randy, there was some big news. Uh, if we're looking into the past, there was some big news in between our last show and, and, and this show. Uh, Paul Maurice, he resigned as the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, did you see that coming?
2: Well, no, <laughs> I did not see that coming. Not Definitely not the resignation. Um, yeah. Definitely the need for something to, to change for the Winnipeg Jets because uh if you can kind of put your mind rewind back to a few weeks ago, how it just seemed the Jets could not uh get over that hump. It's like win win two lose one or what win. win one lose two or whatever just always yeah. kind of uh, even and steven science then- Sein, uh, seinfeld style yeah.
0: uh, <laughs> and then uh, they had a bit of a skid too where i think they lost five in a row and six of seven or whatever it was
2: yeah yeah so i guess you know in with uh you know with the future uh you know at our side here and being able to look back at at that from from this point instead of um looking ahead to it uh you know i guess you could say the Winnipeg Jets maybe gave Pomo the option to resign kind of before they fired him. Uh, I don't know, like just to kind of uh, grant him that uh, as a, as a thank you for what he's done for the, for the franchise. Cause obviously if you woke up one morning and it says Winnipeg Jets have fired Paul Maurice, that's a little different than Paul Maurice has resigned. Um, So they, you know, I guess they, Gave him that that option, or or that option was kind of, um, you know, uh, offered. Uh, I guess I don't know. Like you know, we're we're sitting here about a month later. The Jets have had a lot of games postponed and canceled, and whatever else. Uh, usually, you see it with a coaching change all of a sudden. Like if you look like at or with a Vancouver and Bruce Boudreau, how they went on quite mm-hmm. the heater. We haven't. Quite seen that the Jets had a, a few good games in a row there, and then just completely get waxed by Colorado there.
0: Well, and they've um, had a lot of games postponed too, which is yeah. another part of the issue. They they've really haven't played that many games with Lowry as the new coach. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like we've had so much time to think about it now that instead of giving hot takes about it off the top of it happening back in December, we're coming at you with you know, some cool, sober thoughts. Right? Ice cold <laughs> takes,
2: yeah. I <laughs> guess, though, like, but going back to just the whole circumstance, honestly, like, if I'm going to be straight up, I think it should have happened right after that St. Louis Blues collapse in 2019. Yeah. That's sh- that's when it should have happened. It just seemed like all momentum was lost. Yeah. Um, But, you know, uh, I'm not in that position. I don't make those calls. Other guys knew what was going on or, you know, they had different idea in mind. But I felt like ever since the Jets kind of did not show up for game six against the St. Louis Blues there, I think that should have been the time. And then also sweeping the Oilers, I think, was a little bit of uh, an opportunity maybe to kind of, uh, you know. Bottom some time bottom some time uh, you know they, yeah because I
0: I, I kind of thought the time to do it would have been after last season and I think there was talk about it and then they you know and then the Jets announced that they were going into this season with Paul Maurice and but if you think about like some of the coaches who were available in the summer you know uh who are now elsewhere um like Gallant yeah like yeah Glant, exactly yeah. and Who's to say that they ever would have signed with the Jets to coach? But you know they were out there and they were available and whatever it is, what it is. But uh, it's done now, and uh, Dave Lowry's the sort of interim head coach, and we'll see what happens this off season. Um, but yeah, like looking back to the past of you know, I I think similar to you is like you could have saw something was coming or going to happen, but just for him to to resign. Yeah. Like that doesn't really happen in pro sports. It seems like so. Um, this, yeah, is a tough, this is
2: a tough question, but I'll ask you. So are, like, and you know, I guess you could say you take it however you want, but yeah. Were you surprised by Dave Lowry being uh, offered the interim coach or would you have preferred to see them bring in someone from the outside?
0: No, I wasn't surprised. And <clears throat> And uh, I'm happy with Lowry being named the interim coach because I kind of felt like as soon as he was hired uh, in November of 2020 or whatever it was like, so he hasn't been really around the team for all that long, but I felt like when he was hired, it was kind of with that in mind. I feel like Um, I for
2: sure. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, I want to see what, what, uh, what jungle can do. And, and, uh, you know, I think, um, they've had a lot of practice time because of all the postponed games. So, you know, looking forward, uh, into the future, we'll see what, what happens, but for the, for the now, for the present, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased as punch about Dave Lowry being head coach. I think it's kind of neat, uh. That he's found himself in that role, and it's his first head coaching gig, and you know, pretty cool. So, another thing about the past, Randy, if we're if we're looking into the past, the our favorite thing in the world, the World Junior Championships. Well, they got canceled. They were they started them, played a couple games, just enough to get you excited for the big games yet to come. You know, Canada played uh, Austria and. Uh, don't even know who the other team they played was, but, um, Switzerland. Was it Switzerland? No, no. The Czechia. Yeah. Czech Republic. Yeah.
2: yeah. That Czech. was the first yeah. game. And then they played Austria and lit right. them up.
0: Yeah. And they were about to play Germany, Germany and
2: then Finland.
0: Yeah. Then it was going to be like, all right, and then we get Finland and USA and whoever, but, uh, those games did not happen. The tournament got canceled. Um, what's your what's your now i guess it's not a hot take anymore cuz it's in the past but what's your what's your lukewarm take on that like that I was
2: mean, that was soul crushing honestly like yeah, the holidays yeah. aren't the same without the world juniors uh you know and being selfish you know i love watching that kind of hockey during the holidays but uh not being selfish you got to really feel for the kids especially the junior players that are aging out uh they yeah. won't they won't get the chance uh i guess if they postponed it and they can kind of do it sometime later i don't know if that's the plan or what but or if it's there was talk about that it just seems like it that's kind of tough to do but um either way like no matter which way you look at it uh, it it was it was tough to swallow and uh i like those holiday day you know those days where it's like you kind of get yourself parked on the couch and you're ready for team canada just to go to town whether there's the yeah. controversy of goaltending or scoring or all of a sudden they got to rethink the whole entire hockey canada game plan
0: <laughs> tear it down <laughs> yeah burn yeah. it to the ground yeah uh, and like but, while you're waiting for the canada game to come on you watch like you know latvia versus uh yeah. belarus or whatever Dennis
2: Bayek doing the uh, the other feed uh, or yeah, whatever, yeah. or even you watch like the 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 historic games like the Jordan Eberle game or, yeah. or any th- things like that. But honestly, uh, just that's that real, that royally sucked. Um, yeah, the, New totally. Year, the New Year's Eve game was, is always something It's is your, your pregame activity for whatever you're doing later. And, yeah. and then you, you know, goes into January, the first few days of January, and then you got the medal round and all that stuff. And to not have all that happening was, was kind of, yeah, didn't.
0: didn't Definitely make. a bummer. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, not, uh, unforeseen with the way the world has kind of gone in the last several, well, the last two years, but especially the last couple of weeks here in Canada with, uh, Omicron or Omicron or whatever. And so it's, it's, it's definitely a bummer and, uh, Hey, Cole Perfetti was leading scorer of the tournament after uh, two games, one goal, five assists for six points. So, uh, we'll take it uh (laughs) so um before we uh so that yeah that's a nice little wrap on looking to the past and before we get to the present let's play a song this is a song from the past it's the riverdales and their song blood on the ice That was the Riverdale's blood on the ice, a banger, if you will. Uh, So the first part of the show, we were talking about the past. Uh, Now now that we're here in 2022, let's talk about the present. Um, And by that, I mean, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about it with the POMO uh, resignation. But let's start off with the present of the Winnipeg Jets, what they're doing right now. Dave Lowry is the interim head coach, Cole Perfetti, leading scorer of the world junior tournament is the uh, hot new rookie sensation on the jets. What are they playing them on the third, fourth line? I don't know. He, he was
2: practicing today with uh, PLD and Kyle Connor though.
0: Oh, you love to see it. And he did get some power play time and in the game previous, and he did have a couple shifts with PLD and Connor, and didn't look terrible. Now that game, they did get stomped seven one by the Avalanche. So, grain of salt there. But that's the Avalanche, and I just think they're on a completely different level than most other teams in the league, especially sure. the Jets. You know, Jets, God love them, but you know they're not quite at that level of the Colorado Avalanche. But let's let's talk about the Jets in the here and now with the Dave Lowry era uh, in full effect. It's it's uh, it's it's a go. What do you think maybe like the changes that we'll see from like, do you think Lowry will make many changes going forward? They've had a lot of practice time. Yeah. Well, uh,
2: you know, maybe this, you could kind of call this like the tort, the passing of the torch and you've Mm -hmm. kind of seen it too. Like um, Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois have definitely uh, emerged as two of the leaders of the team. uh, Definitely on the score sheet on the ice. Um, And, you know, Wheeler and Shifley are now like the transitioning to, uh, to not, not depth players, but you know, not, not as high as those two guys are. And on you, you gotta, you gotta admit like after the season PLD had in Winnipeg last year, it's just nice to see how that guy has brought it. Like he, every single game, he's intense, he's fast, he's going taking pucks to the net. He's causing stuff all over the place. Yeah. You know, mixing get, it up, getting uh, in guys, kitchens, getting in their yeah. in their bathrooms too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do
0: the uh, full everywhere. renovation.
2: Yeah. Kicking, kicking down the front end, the back door. Uh, you love <laughs> to see it. And Kyle Connor, you just, you can't not enjoy like, what was that goal against uh, Vegas in overtime? How he totally just juked that guy. That was in, a nice one. The neutral zone. And then, yeah. uh, and then tucked it away. Um, uh, you know, like, so that's the present of the Winnipeg Jets right there. Um, it's good to see that those guys are, are now, uh, are, you know, taking the bull by the horns, yeah. uh, Stasny's been, lo- he's injured right now, but he's been looking great. Ehlers, uh, st- you know, still looking good cops having a yeah. great season. you know, Adam Lowry is doing Adam Lowry things. have yeah. been seeing good things from, uh, you know, Harkins, uh, you know, all that stuff. Uh, Jets defense, I guess you could say has kind of uh, delivered from what is kind of expected from them. Um, They're still running the the same six guys, maybe adjusting the the deep pairings every now and then. Nothing too crazy. Um, But I guess just in in kind of just to go to what you mentioned, uh, you know, the Jets are at one level and teams like Colorado Avalanche are at a whole other level. So how do the Jets get to that that level? I'm not sure, um, mm. but uh, well, you know, it, I mean, it, I think
0: that. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna say, I think that they what they learned or what they can learn from that game against Colorado, um, and then like they played Carolina earlier in the year, kind of had a, a not great result against them. And Carolina is another one of those teams that are kind of maybe on a different level. Is that I think if the Jets could. Kind of just take it that they're, you know, put together as many wins as they can and try and make the playoffs and then things happen. Right. But like we saw last year in the playoffs, I think it was Colorado's goalie got hurt and then, you know, their goaltending depth kind of got them in trouble. And then they lost in seven games to Vegas or I believe that, you know, so it's not like they're a team that can't be beat. And we've seen the Jets skate with Vegas, right? Like, and I think the Jets could skate with Colorado, you know. But I, the Avs are a different kind of beast, I think. Um, but it's it's, um, you know, I just go back to your point about Shifley, uh, PLD sort of emerging. Um, the ice time under Dave Lowry, I was looking at the a few the few games. That he's coached so far, and to me, it does seem like maybe the ice time is being spread out a little more. You're certainly seeing the bottom six get a little more ice time. You know, that said, uh, the lines have changed a little bit because of injury and COVID nineteen and whatever else. So they kind of been up and down, but one thing I did notice is that Shifley still is among the leading forwards for ice time. Kyle Connor's pretty much taken that over though. And he's being, he's being used even on the penalty kill now, which yeah. I like to see.
2: Yeah, me um,
0: too. But PLD is very close to Shifley's level of ice time. It's It's almost like an even split. I think the difference is usually that PLD will take a penalty or two in the game. Because <laughs> he's he's mixing it up, right? So then he ends up with a minute or two fewer uh, because he's sitting in the box. But now his penalty against Colorado was kind of a bad one that he took there, and then Colorado scored on the power play. And next thing you know, the game's blown wide open. But you know that'll happen. I think he plays with an edge, and I like to see it. But um, but yeah, ice time under Dave Lowry, I think, has been a little more uh evenly spread which which is something that i think needs to happen in order for the team to be successful maybe though they do need and is this year the year to do it i don't know but i think they kind of need to add to their bottom six and it that was that's something we've talked about before too like we uh, on our call-in show a couple of weeks back you know one of the questions was what what do, what do the jets need and we had agreed it was bottom six um, forward depth. Now, we all love Brandon Tanev, Brandan three thousand, but he's out for the year. He's done, and there was rumors before that that maybe Seattle would look to trade him, but he's uh, got an ACL injury or something like that, so he's done for the year. But which is a shame. But uh, I wonder yeah, if the,
2: I, I wonder if the Jets were expecting Nash to get claimed. Cause that was like a bottom six guy that they were yeah. playing regularly. In, and then Tampa, Tampa Bay claimed him, claimed him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just kind of, I think if you think about it, the president of the Winnipeg jets, you've got PLD and Mark Shifley as your number one and number two centerman, however, which way you want to put them. Yeah. Um. But I would say right now how they're both playing. Like you would say that you'd have to say that <clears throat> those are the up, up of the, like the, the top two centers in the whole league. Like if you look at through the, like, you know, obviously you got Crosby and Malkin and, and other teams with, with pretty, with good depth on their first two, two first two lines. But with, with guys as talented as Shifley and PLD, you know, you'd think you'd be,
0: you gotta like it. Yeah. It's a good one, two punch. Uh,
2: Shifley, I think still quite hasn't quite hit his, you know, stride yet this year, but he's um,
0: been good, but not great. Maybe he's saving
2: himself. Maybe it's coming. Maybe that that will be the push that we need. Like if you think about how Mark was during the, the run to the Western conference finals there and he would, you know, if he probably would have went to the Stanley cup final, he would have been flirting with Reggie Leach's record there for most goals Mm. in the playoffs. Um, And like you said, you just got to get to the dance, you know, Uh, you could get matched up against Colorado in the playoffs nasty Nate could, you know, get injured or, or, you know, go, go ice cold and the jets come in and, you know, and beat them. But all that Mm -hmm. said too, the central division is, is looking quite tough. Uh, Very tough. Nashville, Minnesota, St. Louis, Colorado, they're all playing good hockey. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. The jets will be in tough to sort of make it in that group. So, you know, you kind of have to wait and see, but it's like, that that's for the future, I guess. But like, is, you know, is Dave Lowry as interim head coach, if the jets make the playoffs, does that, you know, does that buy him a, a a full, like do they take their interim tag off or conversely, you know, if the jets missed the playoffs, does he, that was his shot. And he, you know what I mean? Like, no, they don't offer him a gig and then they go and look for somebody else. Uh, I would say
2: that's the case. If they yeah. make the playoffs, he gets to come back next year. If they don't, he's the fall guy. Yeah. I think that's the case. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a fair assessment. Uh, so we kind of mentioned them there, talking about Colorado, but let's let's take a look around the league presently, as it is, as it were, um, and some of the teams or players who are really lighting it up and surprising you and and just running rampant, like with Colorado, like. You know, we were talking about Kyle Connors' overtime goal against Vegas and what a nifty move that was where he turned on the burners and then kind of went in and sniped it low blocker or whatever it was. How about that Kale McCarr overtime goal against Chicago recently? Yes. Like that's goal of the year maybe.
2: I think I exceeded my internet uh, data (laughs) for the the month watching that video over and over again. That
0: was so good. Yeah. What a nifty move. That was Kirby doc. He pulled the spinner M on, um, or the cutback or whatever you want to call it. And, um, and then he just kind of walked in shuffled little, uh, you know, forehand backhand, then back to four, uh, backhand was backhand. And then he puts it up short side, top shelf and Pretty wild. On uh, Marc-Andre
2: Fleury, even. that's yeah, the, like Hall of
0: Fame goaltender, yeah. Marc-Andre Fleury, who just, here's a fun fact for you about Marc-Andre Fleury. He just became the first goalie ever in the league to beat all 32 teams because he plays for the Hawks now. He hadn't yet beat Vegas because he played for Vegas until yeah. this year, and they, the Hawks beat Vegas. So. And he
2: would have beat Seattle earlier this year.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah pretty fun fact, but yeah, no, like Colorado, obviously mentioned they're on another level. Um, any other teams out there that you think are on their level or close to?
2: Oh, like Tampa Bay still for sure. Yeah. Uh, and like Tampa Bay is without a question strong in the playoffs. I would have to say Florida is looking good, but you still don't know about their playoff performance because yeah. they're, they just haven't gone too far yet. And Carolina too. Carolina's looking great. Um, Pittsburgh yeah. with their uh, ten in a row that they just uh, went on, yeah. uh, but again, Pittsburgh seems to get as cold as they can get hot. Like right, they right. they they swing wide both ways. Um, Tristan
0: Tristan Jerry is playing great yeah and maybe maybe
2: Marc-Andre Fleury comes back to the Penguins you know uh, at a move at the deadline or something or I've yeah I've I've read things about that and then I guess just on the other side of things before we talked about individual players maybe although we're running out of time for this segment but I just need to we need to talk about how wonderful it's been seeing the Oilers collapse
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah they've become a bit of a tire fire lately and uh yeah, for uh, for Winnipeg Jets fans, there's no no better sight, no
2: better.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's, go go uh,
2: go through maybe your your uh, top teams right now.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I think like you say, like Tampa, like you you look at them and it's like they just know what's going on, and they they've won two cups in a row. It's really easy in a way to see them going for the three P. Now, Florida, the other team down, uh, the Panthers, the other team in Florida it's like they're they look so good like they're fun team to watch but I just don't know that they have the defensive structure and tightness that Tampa does because when you get to the playoffs you really got got to grind out those games and Florida they they score a lot but you know and they like they got Bobrovsky and he's playing all right and everything but uh you know they'll they'll blow games like six five or whatever right like so I just don't know that they're tight enough, but like the Rangers have really surprised me this year. And, um, I think that they're like, actually, like, I don't think that they're like a fluke good. Like, I think that they're legit good. And so uh, I like, I like the Rangers. I think they could, they could make a little noise in the playoffs and the penguins as well. But in the West, I mean, it's in the West to me, it's, it's, it's Colorado and maybe Vegas, but like that, you know, it it looks like the East is a lot stronger this year than, than the West. So yeah, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, as far as, as far as players go, there's a few standouts, you know Um, I think Kale McCarr has got to get the Norris trophy if we're handing out trophies right now. And Nate McKinnon's on like a 12 game point streak where he's got like 30 points or something. And like, you know they're they're just tearing it up there in Colorado. So, um, and then old man Ovechkin he's uh, yeah. he's gunning for another Rocket Trophy, which I'd love to see. Will he hit Gretzky's record? I tend to think no, but you never know. Um, and uh, that'll be fun to watch over the next little while. So, but I mean, a Rocket Trophy for him would be awesome to see. But let's uh, let's take a pause here we'll throw to a song i think we'll go with uh the tragically hip lonely end of the rink a uh, nice little hockey tune for you by canada's leading uh i don't know like band that wrote hockey songs i guess they've got pretty much got so many like yeah so this is off i mean this is off the album world container which came out in 06 but then they just released a kind of ep type thing uh in 2021 that was they did several of them on different themes and one of the themes was hockey so it was like six uh hip songs that are about hockey and this is uh yeah lonely end of the rink Was tragically hip in their little tune called Lonely End of the Rink. Uh, also, fun fact I just keep saying fun fact, uh, which is a pet peeve of mine, but I'm saying it. Um, that's the title of one of Grant Lawrence's books about his life as a goalie and whatnot. Uh, and uh, Grant Lawrence, of course, previous guest of uh, the show here, Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. You can go back in our archives and find that one um from last season uh off the top of my head i can't remember when that was i think it was in the spring so hey just go back and you'll find it in the archives um great episode good guy that grant lawrence but uh let's talk about so we've covered the past we've covered the present let's talk about the future randy um uh what does 2022 hold in the world of hockey now we know the Olympics, the Olympics haven't been canceled, but the NHL sending players to the Olympics is a no. So, what does that mean for hockey? Like, who's who's going for Team Canada? Like, are the Olympics even gonna happen uh, in China? You know, um, they just detected Omicron. I don't know how you even say it, but in um, Shanghai or something like that, the Olympics are in Beijing, I think. Right.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I, I remember seeing, I think last week that there was like a big spike in cases, basically in the region where the Olympics are being held. Um, yeah. So that probably doesn't bode well. Um, yeah. I, you know, you'd have to think that they got to make the call on who would be actually going for all these teams pretty soon. Cause Pretty quick. They yeah. gotta got start skating together. Um yeah. we're roughly about a month out from when the Olympics would start. Um, so who 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 becomes Team Canada? Uh, you know, yeah. I've I've heard, you know, I've well seen- Owen
0: Power is gonna go. Yeah, yeah. So because he, he, he's
2: he's a collegiate student right now, like,
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's on board to go play for team Canada, which is pretty funny. Like he hasn't played an NHL game yet. But he's got a he's got a gold from the uh, World Championships. He's got a brief taste of the World Juniors, which uh, I keep saying. Fun fact, fun fact: he was the first Canadian defenseman to score a hat trick at the World junior in a World Juniors game. That blew my mind. I was like, seriously, like no other Canadian defenseman. Think of all the great defensemen, and nobody else has done it. Owen Owen Power did
2: well, and then um, in Game Two. Connor Bedard scored four goals, and who was the only other guy to score four?
0: Yeah, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, they should just take Team Canada World Juniors, send them to the Olympics if they want to go. I don't know. Yeah,
2: and if the Olympics even happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. I also Um, saw
2: something over the past couple weeks that uh, Gary Bettman was maybe like trying to get the uh, getting hockey in the Summer Olympics, so then it would happen in the offseason and then you don't have to worry about this break in their season which i guess Seems that makes bizarre. that makes sense for scheduling but yeah hockey's not really your your, your <laughs> not tip, a typical su- summer sport but yeah we do love playing summer hockey so uh
0: yeah sure and hey maybe if it becomes a summer olympic sport australia will put a team in you know trinidad
2: uh, <laughs> tobago you know like mighty D- D- <laughs>
0: yeah yeah uh south africa is gonna get in there yeah. you know all these countries that we think of when it comes to summer sports um yeah i don't know it's interesting to see like there's a lot of i mean every time there's an olympics there's a lot of backlash about the sort of olympic like uh world you know like the the money that's getting spent on construction of these like facilities that get used for you know, a couple of weeks and the security costs and everything. And like, you know, in Vancouver, it was like the, they deported all the like homeless people and whatever, like all this, there's a lot of controversy around the Olympics, generally speaking. And then this time around it's in China and like, you know, there's some questions about human rights issues and stuff like that, that it's a whole nother world just aside from COVID-19, And so it's, it'll be interesting to see if it even happens, but like. Well, aside from opening,
2: aside from opening like too many cans of worms, let's just, let just boil this down. Uh, What was your initial take of like when they made the announcement that NHL players wouldn't go or weren't going to go? I wasn't surprised. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I wasn't surprised. Yeah. It was kind of one of those things that you saw coming. Um, But like. My other initial take was like, well, who's going to be team candidate? Like, who's going to be on the hockey team? <laughs> you know, um because basically, there's two sports in the Winter Olympics that I really like, and that's hockey and snowboarding. And I just, it's like those are the two that I kind of pay attention to. And so I wonder, I just, I wonder, like, yeah, who's going to be on the hockey team? We know Owen Power is going to be, but I don't think that there's been really any announcement of of who yet. Yeah, you'll probably get some guys who or over in Europe playing pro, right? Like your, uh, Nigel yeah, the, Dawes or all the
2: KHL these, guys, yeah. these kind of
0: guys, right. They, they might go, I don't know. Um, are they allowed to with their contracts? I don't know how the I KHL think so, works. If you
2: think about the other Olympics there, was that, uh, 2018. Yeah. Those were all guys that played in the KHL like, uh, and Chris Kelly, former Ottawa Senator, right. Or yeah. Austin Bruin too. Um, yeah yeah it was all guys that were in the KHL that you know were professional level hockey players but not from the NHL so is that the direction that they're going if so I don't know I think with this whole world junior uh situation how that all unfolded right now I'm not expecting to watch hockey at the Olympics that's that's kind of what I'm preparing myself for and even like it's for the rest of this hockey season. Like how are things going to unfold there? Like our Winnipeg jets just sent out that thing the other day about uh, playing in Saskatoon. Yeah. Not yeah. Gonna do that. But you know, h- how are things actually going to uh, transpire for, for the rest of the NHL season?
0: Well, exactly. Like, are they going to be able to fit a full 82 in and like uh, on um, Elliot Friedman's podcast and, and whatnot, he, the, he was saying, the NHL is committed to finishing the season, you know, 82 games and handing the Stanley Cup out by mid June or early June or whatever. Like, like the old times, kind of. And, um, but like, that's one thing to say they're committed to do that. But like, I mean, like, we've just seen like so many things get canceled. And here in Canada with the postponing of games, just the Winnipeg Jets alone up to like eight or 10 games postponed now that they're going to have to make up at what point, because the, the, the sort of public health orders just extended here. So they're not going to have any home games in the foreseeable future. At what point do, does the NHL step in and say, you know what, you're just playing, you're playing this game in front of an empty barn. doesn't really matter if you're not making money. Sorry. That's the way it goes kind of thing. Um, or at what point do they say, "Look, we're going. We tried, but we can't get 82 in. So we're going to cat. We're going to say 72 or 70 games or whatever, and that's the best we can do. And we're starting the playoffs on time, you know, that kind of thing." Well, that's um,
2: similar to what happened when they did the bubble. Like, yeah, they took those extra teams and did the the
0: the play in. the play in yeah. round. Yeah, but if they could get everybody at the same number of games this time, because that was the problem before. I think was that. Some teams had played 72 and some had yeah. played 65 or whatever. Yeah. So, um it, it's going to be tricky. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, it, it's just so bizarre to watch, you know, a game in the States and people aren't even wearing masks in the stands I know. and whatever. That
2: Colorado game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's a different world. It is what it is, but like, you know, you can't, I, I know like, you you see comments online about um about Canada and we're overkill and whatever but I don't think it's overkill I just think it is what it is and I think that America's a little loosey-goosey on certain things and you know um hey whatever uh but it just you know do they do the do they maybe take the Jets and put them down in South Dakota at Fargo and be like whatever play your home games there like, I don't know.
2: Yeah. Or maybe a bubble, a, a bubble's on its way, but yeah. I don't know. It just, like I said, with, with, with having the world juniors canceled, I, I don't know what to expect anymore. Like, yeah. Who knows? Like the next couple, couple weeks could definitely be telling for sure up until when the Olympic break was supposed to happen. uh, You know, I, I honestly, I wouldn't be able to, I, I wouldn't be able to make a call. I don't know what, what they're no. going to
0: do. I think we'll just have to stand by and watch it happen, <laughs> but you know, it, another uh, aspect of uh, all this crazy postponed games and everything uh, it's wreaking havoc on the old fantasy hockey. I'll tell ya. <laughs> you, got, you think you got a nice looking lineup coming and then boom, uh, half your players are postponed uh, games. And so, but um, there's not too much you can do about that, but Hey, Look, we're just a couple of guys who like to talk hockey, watch hockey, play hockey. We're not experts. You know, we're not insiders. We have no clue when uh, or what the NHL is planning to do with all these postponed games. So we're going to just have to stand by and, you know, we'll uh, we'll watch the games when we can, I guess. But I guess here's hoping, you know, that the Jets get their games in. Here's hoping, more importantly, that, you know, uh, this fourth wave of the pandemic kind of cools its jets and uh, simmers down a little bit. But uh, let's go out on a tune, Randy. We're uh, I think we're all done talking about the future now. Any uh, any other future thoughts you got?
2: <laughs> well, I just hope that you know there's there's some you know we're we're in peak outdoor outdoor rink season here, so I'm yeah. sure uh, you know we'll have to hit a rink or two soon. May so maybe we'll do. A, we, I know we've touched upon it in the, in the past about doing like a little outdoor outdoor hockey rink, community rink review. Uh, you know, we can mm-hmm. talk about our favorite places to skate. I know you and I, we've gone to Lord Roberts and Earl Grey and a few others, uh, you know, so maybe we'll we'll get out to a rink here soon, maybe do some live on location stuff. We did that in the summer. Uh, I like Lord the sounds Roberts. Of that. Yeah. Um, Aside from that, yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to take, you know, how they say one shift at a time. I'm just going to take it one day at a time here and see what happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's just get out there and uh, win the next shift. So uh, yeah, well here's an appropriate song. Actually, this is a song called parts unknown it's by biota controller. They're a Halifax band. This song came out just uh, the other week uh, and it's appropriate because parts unknown we're heading into a future unknown with uh, all the COVID stuff going on. But yeah, um, yeah, we'll see how she goes and uh, yeah, take it one shift at a time. So this is out of controller, parts unknown. Keep your stick on the ice and we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Talking hockey, the hockey talking show.